I'm Clyde Holdekamp from 5-H Dairy in Comfort, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is great to have you along for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, feedlot placements came in lighter than expected in Friday's Cattle on Feed report. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Farmers who grow winter wheat in the Texas High Plains are getting ready for a new season. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll have advice from a local agronomist on when to plant those fields. Farmers are running out of storage facilities for their corn as bin silos and elevators are full following a very good harvest in Central Texas. So where is the corn being stored? I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have the answer in my report on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The latest cattle on feed report is out. Oklahoma State University livestock economist Daryl Peel looks at the numbers. Yeah, you bet. You know, the August uh, cattle on feed report showed that placements in the month of July were 92% of a year ago. Marketings in the month of July were 95% of a year ago. And that gives us an on-feed total as of August 1st of 98% of a year ago, down 2%. And that placements number dropped more than expected. It's a little bit smaller than expected. So, yeah, you know, it's it's been hard to figure out the timing of these placements on a month-to-month basis. You know, trade was kind of expecting something more like a 5% decrease instead of a 7 or 8% decrease. So, so you know, this is going to be viewed a little bit friendly. Doesn't change the overall cattle on feed number a little bit. It's on the, you know, on the short side of 98% of a year ago compared to the long side of 98% of a year ago. But it does mean that we are working towards pulling those cattle on feed inventories down. That's what's going to happen over the next few months. Peel says this is another sign that cattle numbers are continuing to shrink. A fertilizer plant in central Texas burned to the ground earlier this week. On Sunday evening, the Williamson County Sheriff's Office announced that fire crews were on the scene of a fire at the American Plant Food Corporation facility in Bartlett. Bartlett, a farming community, is located south of Temple and northeast of Austin. Fire officials say water was not used to extinguish the blaze due to the contents of the fertilizer plant. Instead, the fire crews let the fire burn out overnight. Williamson County Judge Bill Gravel told reporters Sunday the fertilizer plant is considered a total loss. The cause of the fire is under investigation. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The Texas Sheep and Goat Raisers Association has a new executive secretary. 
Darcy Owens has been on the job about six weeks. Yes, so I uh, grew up in Big Lake, Texas. My family has ranched since 1889 in Crockett County, and we raise cattle, sheep, and goats. And I grew up showing and went to college at Angelo State University, received my bachelor's and master's in animal science, and um, now working for the Texas Sheep and Goat Raisers. It's a, it's a cool opportunity for me to be able to give back to uh, all the people that have given me so much. If you'd like more information on the Texas Sheep and Goat Raisers Association, you can go to our website at tsgra.com. You can also find our phone number on there and um, give us a call anytime. We also have uh, social media pages and we'll look forward to chatting with any and all producers or wannabe producers out there. I ran into Darcy at the recent Texas Sheep and Goat Expo in San Angelo. Farmers who grow winter wheat are getting ready for a new season on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt has some planting advice from a local agronomist. At the present time, there probably hasn't been very much winter wheat planted in the Texas High Plains. Maybe a little here and there that is being grown to provide winter pasture for cattle, but for farmers who plan to grow their wheat for grain, local agronomist Russell French says it would be good to hold off a little while longer before putting seed in the ground. Normally, I would recommend people wait till September to plant wheat that's going to be harvested because planting wheat too early can cause some disease issues, hessian fly things like that. And then on dry land, I know we want to get a standard dry land wheat this year, but I would encourage growers not to grow too early because wheat can get pretty big in the fall if you plant it late August, 1st September and use up a lot of moisture before winter. So ideally, we would want to plant wheat on dry land in the high plains here, you know, probably mid-September to mid-October would be kind of the ideal time to plant wheat. Beyond timing considerations, French encourages farmers to try out some of the newer wheat varieties that have been developed in recent years. Wheat's one of those crops that people kind of forget about. They're usually planting the new best hybrids for corn and sorghum and varieties in cotton because, you know, they're buying that every year from a seed dealer. But wheat's one of those things you can harvest and hold over and plant. And some people have had the same wheat variety for 20 years or longer. And there's really some very good new wheat varieties out there. French, who owns French Agronomics in Amarillo, says a big reason to go with newer varieties is improved insect and disease tolerance. And if you're interested in knowing more about varieties that work well in our area, Texas A&M AgriLife has just published its annual wheat picks list. You can find it online by searching with the words Texas A&M AgriLife Wheat Picks 2023. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Row crop farmers in Central Texas are running out of storage space. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest today from McLennan County in Central Texas is farmer Greg Westerfeld. And Greg, farmers in the Central Texas County uh, are uh, having some challenges. They are reaping a very good corn harvest, but yet the storage uh, situation in bins and elevators are uh, causing some issues. Explain what you're hearing and uh, what uh, farmers are experiencing. This is a good situation to have when you run out of storage. That just means that you're having a good crop. And I have experienced it of putting corn on the ground because they have out of room in storage. Yes, as we're hearing, uh, the corn is piling up on the ground. Uh, How does that affect the crop uh, if if it is sitting there for any length of time? And of course, with the heat and the drought going on at this time. 
Well, corn is a crop that you can leave in the field for a while. You can kind of store it on the stalk. It's one of the crops that you don't get as worried about unless you get a big hailstorm. Farmers, myself, would rather have it in the bin. That's the best place for it. But we're just faced with this situation this time of year. Producers in Chilton have turned to the ground storage as well. Yes, and that is where I hauled some of my corn in was that storage facility in Chilton. I am completed with harvest thanks to Chilton Grain who put it on the ground. My corn yielded 134 bushels per acre. What about the quality of that corn, Greg? It was very good. So uh, since uh, you started raising corn in 1991, how would you rate this corn crop uh, with all the rest of them? Close to the best. I'm not going to say the best, but it was close to tops. That is Central Texas. Texas farmer Greg Westerfeld. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We now head out to the South Plains of Texas to check in with Lubbock area farmer Eddie Griffiths. And Eddie, how's the cotton crop looking there on the Southern Plains? So it turned hot and dry here in West Texas. We've had some chances of rain, but it just hasn't come through yet. A lot of this cotton crop, most part, especially dry land, is going into the cutout stage. In a lot of locations where it's throwing out flag of surrender, the bloom up top. And what looked like was going to be a really promising summer with the early rains, the uh, extended 100-degree temperatures has pretty well made a lot of this dry land crop null and void. I think there will be something to harvest out there for the most part. Well, Eddie, how is this affecting the gin infrastructure in your area? I think that's still probably up in the air. For the most part, gin shut down last summer. They're going to do whatever they can to be able to get some cotton through that establishment. We're going to see more cotton here in West Texas. It's just a matter of how much more cotton we could see. If we do not see any rain in the next week, week and a half, pretty much going to be it for a lot of this dry land crop. The irrigated crop is still there, still established, but I know diminishing water will alleviate some of that too. So it's just going to be up to Mother Nature to pull this thing off and get it to the next stage. Thanks, Eddie. That is Eddie Griffiths, a cotton farmer in the Lubbock area. Texas hunters can now enter to win a once-in-a-lifetime hunting opportunity. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And anaplasmosis is a common disease found in Texas cattle. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Anaplasmosis is a common disease in Texas cattle. Dr. Bob Judd says this is the most common time of year to find it. Texas has always been a prime area for anaplasmosis due to environmental conditions as the disease is commonly transmitted by ticks. Dr. Thomas Hairgrove at Texas A&M indicates that the disease is blood-borne 
and is most often spread by ticks, biting flies, and contaminated instruments like needles or ear taggers. Carrier cattle rarely show symptoms but are persistently infected. Bob Weaver, extension cattle specialist for Kansas State, indicates that the disease causes anemia or low red blood cell counts. As the red blood cell count decreases, symptoms start to show. Symptoms include weight loss, abortions, respiratory disease, yellow mucous membranes due to the destruction of red blood cells, dark urine, and hard feces. Some animals may become aggressive or may act as they are in a stupor as their oxygen levels drop. And if you excite these animals trying to work them through a chute to treat them, some of them will run out of oxygen and will either pass out temporarily or die. The disease usually responds to antibiotics, and most of these are given in the feed, as stressing the animals for giving injectable antibiotics is not a good idea. Antibiotics can be fed as a daily supplement, and some antibiotics are approved for use in a mineral mix. These antibiotics are only available after getting a veterinary feed directive from your veterinarian. The problem with feeding antibiotics is that all animals may not ingest the amount needed to control the infection, so it can be difficult to control this disease. There is a vaccine available to prevent the disease, and also a one-dose implant that is being developed at Kansas State to help prevent anaplasmosis. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas hunters can now enter to win a once-in-a-lifetime hunting opportunity. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Are you looking for the hunting opportunity of a lifetime? The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is now accepting entries for its annual Big Time Texas Hunts drawings. This year, the program is awarding 10 lucky winners with premium guided hunt packages, including the Texas Grand Slam. The Grand Slam is a hunt for desert bighorn sheep, white-tailed deer, pronghorn, and desert mule deer. Hunters also have the opportunity to enter the drawing for the ultimate mule deer hunt. That's an exclusive three to five day panhandle hunt for mature mule deer bucks. There's also a premium buck hunt available in West Texas and a nilgai antelope hunt in South Texas. There's the whitetail bonanza, which is a three to five day hunt on ranches and wildlife management areas, and the powderhorn cast and blast is an opportunity to hunt and fish on 15,000 acres on Matagorda Bay. There's also an exotic safari hunt for gimsbach or scimitar horned oryx, a gator hunt, and wild hog adventure. And there's the big time bird hunt, that's a trio of bird hunts for dove, waterfowl, and Rio Grande turkey. All hunts include a guide service, food and lodging, and on-site transportation. Hunters may enter the drawings for these hunts for $9 per entry online. Entries may also be purchased at hunting license retailers for $10. The deadline to enter is October 15th. Proceeds from the entries help fund wildlife research, habitat conservation, and public hunting access. Hunters can purchase entries on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's website. That's tpwd.texas.gov. tpwd.texas.gov. There, simply search Big Time Texas Hunts. Again, the deadline to enter is October 15th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. 
We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle traded mostly higher on Wednesday thanks to strong demand. August live cattle up 10 cents to 178.05. October live cattle up 5 cents to 178.67. December live cattle down 22 cents to 182.92. Feeder cattle were lower as corn traded higher. August feeder cattle down 47 cents to 245.02. September feeder cattle down 42 cents to 248.57. October feeder cattle down 35 cents to 250.87. Boxed beef was higher Wednesday. Choice up 43 cents to 317.48. Select up $2.55 to $292.06. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock Sales on a Monday there in Three Rivers. Riley, tell these folks how it went. I went good, Larry. Uh, pretty much uh, fully steady with the uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, kind of had the same money on the rail on cows and bulls. Uh, Look like the demand is still holding in there, you know, for these lightweight calves and uh, bigger yearlings and steers. Uh, they sold well, too, but pretty much steady across the board. Uh, Cow-calf pairs, uh, probably had 10 or 15 of them, um, splitting out most of those uh, for what they're bringing split out, but 1050 up to 1800 on the pairs. Red cows uh, sold from 875 up to 1550. The packer cows, 110 to 116 on the high-yielding cows, 102 to 108 on the breakers, 76 to 94 on your canners. High-yielding packer bulls, 120 to 128. Low-to-medium bulls, uh, low-to-medium yielding bulls, 104 to 120. Two to three weight choice steers, 270 to 310. Heifer mates, 260 to 294. Three to four weight choice steers, 264 to 306. Heifer mates, 238 to 278. Four to five weight choice steers, 246 to 288. Uh, Heifer mates, 228 to 264. Five to six weight choice steers, 238 to 270. Heifer mates, 224 to 250. Uh, Six to seven weight choice steers, 226 to 246. Heifer mates, 204 to 220. And the seven to eight weight cattle, your choice steers, 210 to 238, and the heifer mates, 196 to 214. So uh, got along good, had good volume, um, you know, and still lots of demand out there. With the, Even with the hot, dry weather, it uh, everything is, keeps going forward. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next week. 361-786-2553 is the office. 361-813-6650 is the cell. LiveOakLivestock.com is the web. We appreciate it, Riley. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Bye-bye. And neighbor, thank you, too, for listening to Walking the Pens each Monday through Friday right here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I put it together for them. And you're listening to it right this second on Texas Ag Today. All right. Thank you, Larry. Lean hogs traded lower on Wednesday as corn traded higher. October lean hogs down a dollar and two cents to seventy-eight fifty-five. December lean hogs down a dollar thirty to seventy-one dollars and five cents. Block cheese fell a little over a nickel on Wednesday to a dollar eighty-nine. Barrel cheese fell 0.75 cents to a dollar eighty. August class three milk rose two cents to seventeen twenty-four a hundredweight. 
September Class III milk fell a dime to 1840 a hundredweight. We saw triple-digit gains in the cotton market on Wednesday. DTN reports that is because traders believe that the 2023 global crop may be in decline. The U.S. crop is being impacted by drought and high temperatures right now, and DTN says there are emerging concerns with the crops in Asia. India is reporting record low monsoon activity for the first half of August, and an infestation of peak bollworm is being reported in the Punjab province. October cotton up 122 points to 86.21. December cotton up 146 points to 85.82. And as I mentioned earlier, corn traded higher on Wednesday, as most of the corn belt is suffering from drought right now, and those high temperatures aren't really helping. September corn up nine and three quarters to 476 and a quarter. December corn up 11 to 490 and a half. March 2024 corn up 10 and a quarter to 503 and three quarters. September hard red wheat up 15 Wednesday to 755 even. December hard red wheat up 16 to 763 and three quarters. March 2024 hard red wheat up 17 to 769 and a quarter. Hot and dry weather across much of the soybean growing area of the U.S. caused soybeans to trade higher on Wednesday. September soybeans up 8 to 13.59 and a half. November soybeans up 14 and a half to 13.60 and a half. September natural gas fell 6 cents Wednesday to 2.49. October natural gas also down 6 cents to 2.59. We also saw losses in the crude oil market on Wednesday. October crude oil down 68 cents to 78.96 a barrel. November crude oil down 69 cents to 78.66 a barrel. According to Reuters, crude oil inventories fell by 6.1 million barrels last week. Now let's take a look at the financial markets. The Dow up 158 points to 34,447. The S&P 500 up 46 points to 4,433. And the NASDAQ up 216 points to 13,722. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.